Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. What does it take to be a part of the ever-growing VR sports esports community. On today's podcast, I have Sonia Haskins. She is a respected voice of the XR community industry and head of programming at the AH Augmented World Expo. She was the first seated player in the Oculus-sponsored VR leagues and the first female player to advance to regionals in North America. In 2019, Sonia founded the VR Community Builders, and she is actively encouraging positivity, inclusive communities through engagement and training with the best practices. Sonia has been interviewed by Intel and the Washington Post, among other publications. She is also a avid journalist and has written eight books. Where does she find the time? So without any further delay, I would like to welcome Sonia. Hey. Hi. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, I, I'm excited, man. As someone that is actively a part of VR communities and VR community building and trying to spread positivity and love through this world while we do it, um, I'm super excited to, to talk with you, all things uh, XRs and community. Yes, it's so exciting. This is my, my favorite thing to chat about. So, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's, it's so fun. It's, it's so much. I would love to learn, just kind of kick things off a bit here, is like, what is your origins? How did you get um, into the space? Like, what brought you into the whole area of VR community building? So we actually didn't discuss this before. I should have asked you before we went on air, actually. But now, do you actually know my origin story for XR VR? Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So you might enjoy this, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, and I was not a gamer at all, really didn't have much to do with tech or mm-hmm. or anything. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom, homeschooled my kids, and um, really just pretty much, you know, kept things simple. I grew my own food and um, just kind of stayed as, as off the grid as possible. And then in 2017, my oldest son had joined the Army as a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne. He was being deployed to Afghanistan and wanted me to go with him his last day in the States. He wanted me to go with him to a Best Buy to try something called virtual reality. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> I had no earthly idea what he was talking about. And so um, he told me and I said, that just really sounds like silly. <laughs> and so um, I agreed, though, to go into the Best Buy and try this with him. And I still it still gives me chills when I when I talk about it and tell this story, because I can remember the feeling. I put the headset on and they turned on the experience and it was just the most amazing thing I felt like I had ever seen or experienced. And, um, you know, as far as tech goes or something that just immediately gave me a feeling that, wow, this is something that could change our world. This is something that could really impact people in a way that um, that we could change people for good or do things for good. And so long story short, I walked out of the store with an Oculus Rift. I bought my son's computer from him because I didn't have anything that would run that because he was being deployed. So he sold me his computer. I had the Rift. And then I spent like the next um, few months, about eight hours a day, just playing VR. And I played mostly... um, Robo Recall, I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with Robo Recall, and mm-hmm. just ripped apart the robots and stuff, and it was great. And then um, I, my family told me I should try some multiplayer gaming, and I was like, mm, that really doesn't sound very appealing to me. But they talked me into trying a beta, Echo Arena from Ready at Dawn, I was in beta at the time, mm-hmm. and I went in and and started looking around, and there were all these other little Echo units there, and come to find out there were real people and you know so that's basically the start of my story and um, I started playing I ended up just being really exceptionally good at VR games and um, so I, I do play in a chair I'm a seated player because I had been in a wheelchair the year before I had some health problems and I didn't know that people were quote supposed to play standing so I didn't <laughs> but, not not always needed too. I mean it's one of the best things about VR is that you can you know, you can really be in any position and you can really, especially if people have it, seated conditions and stuff, you can, you, you still get that full mobility, which gives you a sense of being alive and having movement because movement equals life, you know? So. Yeah, and you adapt to your mm-hmm. own. I think that's one of the cool, coolest things about VR is that it levels the playing field per se, mm-hmm. especially in regards to esports. 
you adapt the gameplay to how you can play, whether that be a deaf player using hand motions in VR yeah. or a seated player, someone who can't stand using um, movement with their upper body versus their legs, which is what I do. I spin mm -hmm. in my chair and do things that just because I'm not standing, um, I can make up for the movements in other ways. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, there's, and that's one of the, there's amazing things about VR. One of them is that the other one is being able to kind of, tr if you are stuck in a place, you can go somewhere else and have that, have that freedom, especially with the whole like pandemic and all that jazz is that you're like, I'm trapped in my house. And then people just <laughs> zoom off to other worlds and just have an amazing, an amazing time. Um, yeah. It kept me sane during the pandemic for sure, because the, so in January of 2020, yeah. I separated from my husband and we had been married for like 26 years. And so in the middle of the pandemic, like in May, yeah. right? Well, not in the middle, but when, after it first started, I moved. And for the first time in my life, I was living alone because I had lived with my family growing up, my grandparents, brother, mom, aunts, uncles, you know, college roommates. Then I was married right out of right after that and um, had children, had five children, like a hundred foster kids over the years. I love kids, took care of many, many children. We would have children from the local group home at our house and stuff like that. So I always had a house full of people. And then of course, when I finally am not in a house full of people, it's not only, not only traumatic, but I did it in the middle of a pandemic, which means I also couldn't go anywhere to get social interaction. I honestly cannot imagine what would have happened to me if I hadn't had VR because I literally would just put on my headset to talk to people. A hundred percent. And I think that some people like, if you're not in the space, if you haven't really played VR, when you talk to people, Oh, I'm, I make friends inside of it. They're like, Oh, that's so sad. That's why do you do that? doesn't like, it's like, you can, you don't, people don't get it that you can have. Yeah. I've had some deep, I've had some super deep conversations in VR that, really allow people to connect like so one of the places i've used vr i've actually used it um to coach kids inside the prison systems so mm -hmm. i've actually used vr to where i put on the heads of kids that are incarcerated and i've coached them where i've been at my house and they're just trapped but like they're inside and all of a sudden they're like wow sky and they look up and then you go and you have these conversations and they they feel this connection mm -hmm. with you that you can have and and it, shit gets real by the way you can cuss yeah. on the podcast just fair game if you want or anything but, <laughs> oh, just, but thank yeah, you well well it's a <laughs> Fair game. I do. So if you go into the whole thing, so if you, if you, if you do that though, but you, you, you feel that connection, you still, you feel really connected to the people so much more so than, and then also you, you make that memory of that. Oh, I remember that time I was playing a uh, rec room quest mode, or I remember in population one where that, that guy did that amazing kill and then we, we high fived each other, whatever the thing might yeah. be. Right. And that's, that's, that's so powerful. So do you remember your first like deep conversation or deep moment that you had with somebody inside of VR? Yeah, for sure. And I do want to point out real quick to you what you were saying there. A lot of people um, may not realize, even people watching this who may be familiar with VR may mm -hmm. not realize, like typically when you um, when you play flat games or watch a movie, you mm -hmm. recall that as watching the flat game or the movie. You recall it as you're, you're doing something and watching something else. When people recall or have memories mm -hmm. or dream about VR, they recall it as if it's a real physical experience. I don't know if you know that, but that's a cool thing in terms of psychologically how we process the actual VR experiences. We do process them as real experiences, not as something we're looking at or watching. So oh, it's yeah. fantastic because we are doing those experiences. Even if we're sitting in our room, I mean, we recall it as if we're like, for me, if I play at like arena, for example, you call it as if we're, in the arena or in that place, like you said, your your um, young people, if you're counseling them and you're going with them to say a forest to chat and have a counseling session and encourage them, they will remember that and recall that and dream about that as if they were there, which is a healthy thing. That's a good thing. But no, so 100 percent. And what you're talking about is your brain can't be in two places at once, right? Yeah. It, it can only be in one, one area, whether, uh, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm at my house sitting on this, and th this is where I'm at, right? But in VR, you are in VR, right? right? You are, that is where you're at, in right? Unless, yeah. unless somebody touches you in, in real life and you go, whoa, and it just like pulls you, pulls, rips you <laughs> out of that reality. You're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm not in VR, kind of, sort of. So, so um, uh, bring it back to the question I asked, but it was a very yeah. good point about losing presence. Yeah, talk to me about anything that happened that set a deep, 
moment or memory for you as a connected with someone? There were lots of times. I think for me, probably some of the most poignant would be just in. So in Echo Arena, Echo VR, when you enter, yeah. there, you're actually entering into a social area first. Like mm -hmm. there's the lobby or social area. And then you after that, you go to um, that you can queue up for a game or a match and you go mm -hmm. to the match. But whenever that first summer in 2017 it was still in beta, it was a different lobby then. But um, we would go in there and just talk, you know, and talk about all sorts of things. And for me personally, some of the most memorable moments I had were kind of funny, but also kind of just fascinating that I would meet people from all different locations and backgrounds and mindsets and stuff. And sometimes they found my nativity a little bit shocking, or maybe they thought that I was trolling sometimes because of the amount of stuff I didn't know. And so that was a little bit interesting and fascinating. So like, for example, if you're a conservative person who's living in a very, um, in the Bible Belt, and I mm -hmm. love to travel and I had traveled some, but you have to remember, I mostly stayed at home for 20 something years, just raising my children. And I, we didn't have cable TV. As a matter of fact, for about 10 years of that period, we didn't have a TV. And so it was one of those things where I think people need to understand everybody isn't from their same background. They don't have the same perspective. And so if you don't know something and you say you don't know it, like sometimes you really just don't know it and you can't um, you can't possibly have a perspective of knowing something if you've never been exposed to it. And so like one one silly, silly example but one day we were talking and this might have actually been on Discord. I can't remember if it was in game or on Discord, but um, somebody mentioned AFK mm -hmm. and I was like, what is AFK? And they seriously thought I was trolling them. And I'm like, I have no earthly idea what you're talking about. Like, you know, and so they explained to me, you know, away from keyboard. And so then we started talking. Of course, we need to start making an AFH away from headset or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it started uh, this discussion and it was kind of funny, but I remember that because there were many, many, many discussions we had about things mm -hmm. like that example that were very inappropriate and I can't share them on a podcast. But my point is that there were a lot of things that I didn't know or that had never, uh, they just weren't in my reality. And mm -hmm. so um, it was kind of interesting to be able to meet other people and have those deep conversations about topics that, that you really want to discuss and learn about. And they were able to hear my perspective as well. You know, like some of these people had to be quite blunt with you. Some of them had never met a Christian or a homeschool mom, or mm. for that matter, I, I sometimes wonder some of them had never met a female since, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, it tends to be not as common, but a lot of people also don't realize there are a lot of females in games. They just mm -hmm. really keep themselves muted because people harass them more. But yeah, there have just been a lot of great conversations about all sorts of topics. Yeah. Well, you're touching on like a bunch of really interesting things. Yeah. I want to I want to unpack a couple of these. Right. So so one of them you're talking about this is so many people, especially uh, when you're younger and younger people play games. Right. Uh, they have a thing of not wanting to look stupid. Right. They don't want to look like they don't know something and they want to think, oh, I've got all my stuff figured out and I'm 13 years old. Right. It's like <laughs> and the thing is, but what they don't understand is that in order to really if you, 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 in order to, to get to where you want to go, you have to be willing to experience the opposite, right? So in order, in order to get smart, you have to ask questions that make you feel dumb. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you want to be able to have wealth, you have to be able to, to be on a budget. It might make you feel broke at the time, but you got to be willing to do that. So you got to be willing to experience the opposite to get you to where you want to go. And so, so many people are trying to like put up this facade of like, I, I know this all, I've got this. And then secretly they don't, which causes them to not really connect with people because they're too busy protecting their ego and things like that. And like, man, in the last podcast, um, I, I accidentally said the guest's names wrong because I didn't know that. And she corrected. And I, I was just like, and she, and I was like, I just felt the wave of just like shame and guilt. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me that. And I yeah. like wrote it down, but like I had to just kind of take it in. Right. Versus trying to defend it. And that, I mean, I think we'd be in, I think we'd have so much better community if, if, if we would just be a little humble and be willing to yeah. be, ask the questions that might make you. Yeah. Cause better. you miss an opportunity to learn. And connect. And, yeah. I used to tell parents this a lot when that reminded me of something when I was, yeah. when I was deep into the homeschooling communities and parenting as far as foster parenting stuff and parents would sometimes come to me and, 
And um, they would have these fears, these various fears, not necessarily asking a question, but just various fears. And I said, so, you know, the thing is, if you um, never risk the failure, if you never just try it and yes, sometimes you're going to fail or you're going to ask the wrong question or you might even look stupid or whatever, it doesn't matter. I said, but the problem with that is if you never do that, then you never get the joy of success when it works or when you learn something or when something turns out right. And so you're missing a great blessing there and not allowing yourself and others to enjoy that, um, you know, that feeling that you actually did get through that or you did succeed. And so. And, and that's also the thing about like, like human growth, human transformation, human, whatever you want to say is that people hold on to their identity so much, right? Like I'm this type of person. I'm not, I'm never going to change. Right. But they never get to experience other flavors of life. And so they're not like, you might be like, I'm a, I'm a mom. I'm not a gamer. I'm not, I don't play yeah. e-sports, right. but you're not willing to do that. And then you, you don't actually, you're, 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 there's so much a bias to that versus letting go. And you were talking about that failing. Maybe, maybe you hated game. Maybe you tried out VR and you don't like it. Okay. But you did and you got it and you crushed through the spaces, you know, being able to advance the regionals. Do you think that like part of like, maybe like why you got so up and things being so darn good at, um, uh, at the, uh, VR sports is because of your willingness to kind of try and fail and stuff? Or what do you think helped you succeed, <laughs> make progress like that? Well, one, one response is I'm stubborn and um, I, yes, I'm very, very determined. So I'm competitive, you know, like yeah. I have these traits that some people, it's kind of funny too. People sometimes see these things as bad or mm -hmm. especially being a, uh, being a female, they can be seen as um, overly assertive or whatever. And so the thing is, I think that it's important to appreciate and respect different personalities. Yeah. Sometimes I may come across, across as confident or whatever, but I have my own issues that I struggle with where I think maybe I don't want to try something or whatever. And um, I just have to push through that. And, and I'm always happy I did. But it's one of those things where um, in terms of esports, I'm really competitive and I like to do well. So um, I, I think that you do have to have a little bit of that in your nature, but mm. everybody can play esports or gaming that's competitive, maybe not even at a quote esports level where they can enjoy it and, um, you know, have a good time and get something out of it, whether it's mm. just the joy of you played a few matches and you made a goal or you scored a whatever it is in the game. But mm. Yeah, I think it's good for people to just try new things. And like you say, maybe they won't like it. Maybe they don't enjoy it. But honestly, I don't think the bias is as much from the person as other people toward them. Like, I think a lot of our social structure puts us in the categories or spots telling us what we should or shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And so this is another important point because I really don't care about those. Like, I'm very, very capable of ignoring those sorts of things, whereas a lot of people honestly Dylan, they aren't. Yeah. A lot of people are going to say, well, I really shouldn't be doing that. Or I don't want people to look at me oddly or whatever. I really don't care what people think. I mean, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it or try it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I mean, I mean, every like we have a being humans, right? Like yeah. we don't want to feel like an outcast. We don't want to feel like the outsider. And there's always this weird uncomfortability. I know there's some like, I have a friend of mine um, who's uh, granddaughter suffers some ailments. And so I said, try some VR out. And so he got it and he was playing some gorilla tag. And he was like, Hey, they, the, the people are asking me, why is this old guy switching headsets with this young girl? And I like, didn't know what to say. And he could see the anxiety of being the old guy and part of the, the young people crowd of playing that thing and feeling like, and no matter how old you are, you still want to be accepted. You want to be loved. You want to be a part of things. And that, that's a good, but if you're willing to just feel that uncomfortability, people will accept you. Right. You're like, Hey, I'm the old guy of the group or I'm the young kid of the group. or I'm the, whatever of the group it's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing, but if you don't ever do that, you, you, you'll constantly make yourself that outsider and you'll never be able to get in, you know? Well, I've learned one thing over the past few years doing VR, yeah. especially the past couple of years since I've been separated from my husband. Uh -huh. I'll tell you the thing that I feel like has probably made the most impact on me mm -hmm. personally is I've learned that I have to first and foremost accept myself. And, and that's something that I never did before. And I wasn't really, it gives me chills to tell you that. Like it's really, that's probably been the most essential thing I've learned because I like me. I like who I am. And I couldn't say that a few years ago. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, there, uh, there's a lot there. Um, uh, one, congratulations. One, thank you for like having the courage to talk about that. Like mm -hmm. everyone, everyone feels that everybody's got their, you know, I got it figured out. I got my thing figured out. Right. Um, but we all have, we all like, there's a thing where we get down on ourselves and then we beat ourselves up and we say the thing like getting, getting someone's name wrong on live, live camera. And you're like, Oh, okay. And you just have to kind of like, let it go through you. Um, did you, at what point was the turning point for your self-acceptance? Was there a moment in time? Was it gradual over time or what, how did that come to be? Um, I think that probably as I did VR, part of what you said a minute ago about age and stuff, maybe it would have bothered me at one point or maybe at first like a little bit I thought people would say things like you're too old to be doing this or you for whatever reason you shouldn't be doing this and I was thinking well I don't agree with that because I should be able to do what I want so I started thinking about these things myself mm -hmm. and really evaluating do I agree with these statements or not agree with these statements and so that was really important because initially I just began to really think um you know, what do I want and what do I think about this situation? Then it got a whole lot more personal when my husband and I split because, mm. man, I was really like, oh, my gosh, I thought that, you know, marriage was forever. And he, he didn't treat me the best. Like there was no physical abuse or anything like that. But mm. um, basically, he just ignored me for our entire marriage. <laughs> I mean, he made it very, very clear that he wasn't interested in a relationship at all. And so I hadn't even like the year before in 2019, I traveled quite a bit and we really didn't even talk that whole year, like at all. And so um, when I came back that fall and told him, I was like, I really want to talk with you and stuff. And he said, I no, you can take care of our house, but like, I don't even like you. I don't, certainly don't want to talk to you or spend time with you. And so it was very devastating to me. And so mm -hmm. the next several months were horrible, but, I bring that up not to focus on that relationship with the divorce, but to say in terms of VR, I um, spent some time. I would go in VR and think, well, now what do I do? I'm not, my kids are pretty much, they're grown. Yeah. They were, you know, heading off to college in the military and their own lives. My husband doesn't want me anymore. And I'm a writer. Like I have skills and talents, but I have no money. I have nowhere to go live. I have no relationship. Like, who am I? Basically was what I was asking. Who am I? <laughs> and it was horrible. It was like really, really horrible because I honestly wasn't certain I knew the answer to that question anymore. And mm -hmm. so then I, for a little while, I would go in and play VR and just be so angry. And I would like, you know, punch people in games that allow punching. I would just do these things in VR and think, does this bring me joy or is this who I am? And um, it wasn't, I would get off and then cry because I had punched people too much or, you know, I just felt so bad about that. And I thought, what does this leave? Like what is left of me? And so I really had to do a lot of self-exploration. And then um, just finally came to the realization that, you know what, like I'm a good person. I'm kind, I'm intelligent and I am 51 years old and I do enjoy playing games and I do like esports and I like these communities. So I really started focusing then on who I am that I like, what's positive and what I wanted to do with my life. And so um, once I did that, I was able to really just get over that hump of depression and sadness and and really formulate what I'm doing now, which is I accepted the position at Augmented World Expo as head of programming in February. And um, I, I'm working with communities and doing what I love. Oh, that's awesome. So one, like, that is awesome. That is awesome. I had to take a little note off to the side. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for sharing. Um, ah, gosh, this is, this is awesome. So, I mean, you're talking about this thing where I think a lot of people, when they feel that you get rejected by a person, right? Especially like your husband, somebody you spent time with and all that stuff. And they're like, they don't want to be around you. You feel like, is it me? Am I, am I broken? Yeah. Is this what's going on? And I see that so much inside of gaming, especially because, you know, I've, I, I, I make multiplayer VR experiences. I'm inside there with people. I'm playing these games. And then especially with the kids, I mean, you have this wisdom of, of being a mom of having multiple kids, living a life and going through this. And some of these kids are like, you know, 13, 15, they're really young. And you know, their, their parents don't listen to them. Their parents don't yeah. acknowledge them. They, they, they have no friends. They go inside that they retreat inside these worlds and they have no way to be able to express 
the pain that they have in their heart. So what do they do? They scream, they yell, they taunt, they, they you know, they do all of these things. And, you know, someone said this, uh, this chick um, I had on my podcast named Amy Carr, amazing principal in Compton. And she was talking about how gamers are the new gangs and how they go around bullying and harassing and beating people up because they don't really do it on the streets. And I'm sure they do it in the streets as well, but inside games, because it's a, it's a place for them to try to feel powerful. I'm going to feel powerful by punching you in the face. I'm going to feel proud of this, but it doesn't, you don't really feel good. You're just yeah. passing the pain along, like, you know, like the, like, like just passing the debt of pain around in a circle. And it doesn't really solve anything, but you found that and you reflected on that. And I think that's awesome. And, and that was my question for you. I was going to ask you is like balancing out your competitive stubbornness, uh, which I, I appreciate my, and I, I very much a big fan of grit and stubbornness, but how do you, like ma maintaining, how do you be a competitive, stubborn, achieving minded person, but also be kind and loving and self-accepting and reflective? Like how do those two things coexist? And you know, what does that look like? Oh, wow. That's a very good question. And a little tiny bit loaded. So let's see. Well, I will say I don't play competitively anymore. Okay. Um, for reasons, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, mostly because I don't have time and it does take a lot of practice and time and energy and so um as you know anybody who's done competitive esports knows you can do competitive esports at any level and just play but if you want to be the best it takes commitment and time and cooperation and you have to put that in like with any sport you know you can't be the best baseball player in the world if you never go play baseball and so um i if I were to play competitively again, I would want to be the best. And I don't currently have time to do that. However, let me just say, if there were ever an over 50 league, yeah. I would make the time to do that. <laughs> but um, so you can see, I really love, love competing. Yeah. But um, basically, an answer specifically to the question, I think that um, I engage a lot with the communities and these young people you're talking about. It's very important to let people see your human side and to engage regularly. Like you don't want to only engage when you're stomping someone or you're playing a match and you're winning or when you're getting onto them or they're in trouble and stuff. And that, I think, actually, if if there were ever any parents watching your stream that um, want some advice, that's one of the big pieces of advice. A lot of parents only interact with their kids when they're in trouble. So there, there there's a feedback loop that gets established to where the child eventually wants attention. So they kind of act up a little bit to get their parents, you know, to pay attention to them. And, but then it's negative attention. And so I think the same thing in gaming, I very much engage and interact with our players in different games and throughout the VR community at large um, players and anybody else on a regular basis and try to make sure that I encourage them in positive interaction and stuff so that when there is an incident that requires correction, they respect you and they're a lot more likely to respond to that positively versus um, just stepping in and, and, you know, throwing a ban hammer or whatever, because that's not, um, all that's doing is showing an abuse of power. Yeah. Anybody can have power, but power is not the same as respect. So I kind of see it the same way with competitive play. Like um, I, um, you know, you want to show good sportsmanship and be have other aspects to your personality as a competitive player besides just the one who wins. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, there's there's two pieces of that. So one, if you're the one who wins and that's your identity, if you lose, you lose your identity. So that's one right. one, one major issue there. And the other one you talked about is power is not the same thing as respect. You know, it's 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 forced capitulation to a thing that you don't actually respect. And as soon as that power yeah. goes away, you don't have respect for that person. You only had respect exactly. for the power. And the so you're talking about you're talking about building social credit with somebody, you know, putting the pennies yeah. of love in the bank so that you can like over time, be like, Hey man, I got something painful. I'm going to do a little right. emotional withdrawal right now. I'm sorry, but we're going to pay up yeah. because you did something, you did something, you shouldn't have said it. And we're gonna, it's okay. I still love you, but yeah. mm, we're going to have this talk. Exactly. Right. 
because you already established that relationship of respect and trust yeah. versus um, just the fact that you're an authority figure over that person yeah. or yeah. that you're a better player than that person or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I'm talking about is there is a prevalence inside the gaming world and now inside the VR world about toxicity, right? Uh, toxicity against girls because it's flooded with a bunch yeah. of testosterone and and they oh you're a girl quick and 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 you know uh, a tendency uh, a male tendency and I'll speak I'm, I'm holding the male flag here is sometimes as as males we we find the way we try to bond and connect is we try to find people's weaknesses and taunt you as much as possible relentlessly um and I'm not saying it's a good thing and I'm not saying it should be done but it is a tendency to do that and in certain contexts in, in, in a loving way you already have social credit it can be okay but like it can get wildly out of control um hence the toxicity in gaming how do you how do you balance like how do you make a toxic free or uh, reduce the toxicity inside a gaming culture like what advice would you give around that the, the first to what i said a minute ago which is you have to have an overall relationship and make sure people uh -huh. um you know, have a respect for your viewpoint. And so that started several years ago, you know, when I started doing VR and I came in initially, initially when I started playing and I was one of the very, very few females at that time, it was mostly male dominant then. And um, we would have things happen where they would, you know, say, a, call us a bad name or um, try to hump your face or whatever, use objects on females. I mean, it was pretty bad. And I would point that out. And the immediate response was, if you don't like it, you can leave. And I'm like, you know, the problem with that is that if we're going to promote, first of all, it shouldn't be happening in any environment. It shouldn't happen mm -hmm. in flat gaming either. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm concerned about VR and immersive environments. If we're going to promote, immerse, promote immersive environments as um, you're in the game, you're real, you can, ev this is for everybody. It's, it's accessible to anyone. Then we need to start thinking about more like, um, real life environments. So for mm -hmm. example, if you go to a local dance club, strip club, and people are there doing that, well, that's quite acceptable. And that's why people mm -hmm. are there. And there's nothing wrong with that. If there are areas in VR where people are going to do that sort of thing, there's nothing wrong with that. However, if you go to your local grocery store and you walk down aisle 10 and someone comes over and pulls their pants down and starts to stick their crotch in your face, there's going to be a problem and somebody's mm -hmm. going to get arrested. And so, you know, so I say that's basically what's happening in social VR is that we're going into social areas. They're intended for everyone, minors, females, you know, minorities, men, everybody, like literally everyone. And there has to be, we have to, as a society, change the mindset that this is acceptable behavior like we have yeah. to so initially there was some pushback against that and people were like you know you can just leave if you don't like it and i'm like that that can't be the the standard response to this like it can't yeah. yeah and so um thankfully you know hardware manufacturers and developers listen and gradually other people who ironically a lot of the guys who had initially said that begin to experience those sort, same sorts of things themselves well it turns out they don't want their face humped any more than I did. And so, you know, occasionally wow. it would happen. And so it occasionally to them, to me, mm -hmm. it would happen nonstop because I have a female voice. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it just ended up being one of those things where I think toxicity definitely was bad. It, we still have a problem with it, but mm -hmm. I remind people there are ways to report. They should every time. And we still have to keep changing that mindset that especially with immersive reality, we have to make sure that people understand you remember the discussion we had a minute ago about these memories being like real memories, yeah. not like we're looking at it on a screen. There are reasons this matters because yeah. not only are you affecting the person it's being done to who feels as if it's real or the person who's watching, who's watching this in that setting as if, wow, man, I'm watching three guys attack this female gamer and they're laughing hysterically what does a 13 year old emotionally do with that how do they you know open that up in their brain and not have that come out as something bad or then the other part of that is what about the person who's doing it so it's one thing to click buttons and have your um 
character, your avatar, teabagging someone on a flat screen. I still don't think it's good and it's not appropriate. They should have stopped it a long time ago. But in VR, you physically have to make those motions and you're physically putting your body parts in someone else's face. It's, it's a very it's a very touchy subject and I get yeah. really um, I'm very you know passionate about it because I do think it's important and I want to see everybody be able to be in these environments but I also want our future in immersive reality to be healthy. I want it yeah. to be something where if people want to do things they can go to the appropriate places to do that but open social environments are not the appropriate places to do that. Uh, I'm a hundred percent on the same page as you with this one. It's like unless you feel the pain, like VR is like we talked about the ultimate empathy machine. You 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 feel empathy for people in situations, and and people are transferring the the toxicity from pancake games or two D games into this thing, thinking it's the one to one, and it's and it's and it's not great there, and it's worse in this environment because it you 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 get those memories. If someone comes in when people invade your space in VR, you feel their presence in your space, and it's like you wouldn't want somebody that stands in line at the bank or anybody to be like one inch in front of your face you're like dude <laughs> we have we have a natural decorum of how much distance is acceptable to be next yeah. to each other and it's just respectful and i think the thing about that is there's this anonymity that people feel oh because i've got a kooky gamer tag above my head i can be whatever i want and i can just go and harass people um because i'm not happy with my own life and i'm just going to try to pass that pain along to other people to try to laugh that off and it's just it's it's it, it shouldn't be acceptable and it and it, it be i do agree having it and that's why I'm, I'm very curious like you know it's it's a it's a cultural thing and culture is, is very hard to correct course on it's that unspoken thing that like is like there's the rules and then there's what everybody does when you know when you when they aren't forced into it and so i'm just i'm actively you know curating like how do you you know how do you create these kind of environments how do you make it fun and enjoyable and respectful so when people come in they welcome you because there are communities that you go to that if you come in everybody welcomes you with open arms and it's safe and it's loving and it's supportive and it's like that but it takes it takes a cultural yeah. shift you know with respect not necessarily with power you do need to have some power the power to you know you know ban somebody people. Has to set. well the power yeah. is somebody has to set the standard or set the example yeah and then they have to provide i mean i think specifically to the answer there there are numerous various ways to look at it but basically you have to the power that can be in place yeah. needs to be power like tools that people can use to report people who are doing those sorts of things if there is toxic behavior they need to be able to have the power to send in a report and say you know this is happening or whatever and then also you have to in terms of the um the overall attitude of the mm -hmm. community you're exactly right it, you have to change the the you have to change the whole viewpoint or the attitude of the people, which is a lot harder. And so I think with that, it's, it's good to just have like leadership in place that really understands what we're talking about, how important it is and that they set a better example and set a standard. Now with gaming, it's kind of unique because with other communities, let's say there's a lo local um, YMCA community, they're going to the YMCA and they can work with those people on, on location and help do some activities with them. With gaming communities, we also not only have the in-game activities uh, and the in-game location, but you also have many, many gamers who are those same communities who are on Discord and who stream on Twitch and yeah. who do podcasts or <laughs> who do Facebook. And so it's really important with gaming communities to not function within a bubble to make sure that you look at the greater scope and um, the entire community uh, and where they are. So I think that if you actively focus on leadership and tools and rules and by rules, like I'm generally very, very um, not a fan of oppressiveness. However, okay. like I don't like oppressiveness, but here's the thing. Very basic rules. It's like, for example, you mentioned cursing at the beginning of this. And I was yeah. kind of laughing because, like, I, I mean, I, I think that it's just part of a, some people's language. Like, it doesn't yeah. phase me at all. However, if you were to start using racist terminology or sexist terminology, 
that those things are the limits that we put in rules with like gaming rules, yeah. you know, no sex, sexist or racist terminology, no um, inappropriate sexual behavior, that sort of thing. So they're very, it's not like they're, they're no cursing. It's no harassment of people using these specific words. You, know? you get what I'm saying. If you look at the, just to dissect the word here is, is cursing. It's a, to put a curse on somebody, yeah. right? That is the definition of a curse. And so me, me using the word shit is merely just to emphasize a point or to say something, to say something that is to, to put an impact on something. But yeah, hundred percent is being derogatory to someone or abusive yeah. to sort of someone or demeaning to There's someone is wildly different. It's just because it's a four letter word that will go, Oh no, you know, it's poo poo, right? Okay. <laughs> it's the same, same, it's a two, a four letter word kind of thing. So kind of, so it's, it's just, it's, what's the intention behind right. it? Am I, am I doing it to, am I just doing it to emphasize a point or, to, you know, something like that? Or am I doing it to try to hurt or hinder to mean, and that's, that's that for me is the line is, is the intentionality behind it. You know, we could tell I'm just throwing things out there. Although I did feel a little bad. Cause I'm like, Oh no, I feel like the, uh, the discord mom, I, I cursed in front of discord mom. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I was like, Oh, I was like, yeah, a little bad of that. That's and, hilarious. You say that. Cause some of the kids on there sometimes, Oh, they yeah. have that attitude sometimes. And I'm yeah. just like, I, know, I think it's it's great. It's great that they and you think of that and yeah. as respectful. And I respect that you do that. It's great. Uh -huh. But no, I'm pretty, very much pretty. I'm like open minded or whatever. I just feel like we have to draw the line at being respectful of others. Totally. And that's where sometimes when people cross that line, I absolutely do not hesitate to tell them whether it's on Facebook or in game or on Discord, or whatever. And they know that, you know. And I think obviously. I can't be everywhere and be that person all the time. So I think it's important to help <laughs> others or train others so that they understand some of these concepts, because really Dylan, I think there's like a, um, I think we missed an opportunity yeah. with a lot of people um, that maybe now are coming into leadership positions in mm -hmm. VR that did grow up or learn bad behaviors in flat gaming yeah. that, that I have been working. That's part of what I have been doing is working with a lot of those people to try to change their mindset on these things so that now they realize I'll tell them point blank. You have the opportunity to influence the future of this. You you're creating this. Like this is a whole industry just starting. You have the opportunity to do something great and to make sure that other people. And so some people, let's say, for example, they may say well, I was bullied in Call of Duty or whatever, you know, and I lived through it and I'm like, yeah, but did you enjoy that? Was it comfortable? Why would you no. want to do to someone? Why would you want to pass that on when you have an opportunity here to change that? Yeah. And that and that's it. You're, you're talking about the, the difference between someone says, don't oppress my expression. But yeah. as you can express yourself as long as you're not inflicting damage or pain or trauma on, a, on another person. And 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 none of people know this is that you you I mean, um, you 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 helped with the moderation, I believe, of Population One. I know you're doing it with the VR EL guys who I just had on with uh, Scott and Chris. And mm -hmm. and so, like, I mean, your experiences inside the Discord is does it translate over into Discord as well? Like this, like um, the same do attitudes change going from VR to discord or how's it, how's the experience been inside? And I, by the way, when I was thinking of like, you said, I can't be everywhere. I pictured like Omni mom. We're all sitting <laughs> like, you're, you're <laughs> so, yeah, recently. Um, so I'm not helping with pop one discord anymore yeah. because I've taken this job at AWE. And so yeah. I'm helping with all these communities, but um, yeah. I do the community moderation for Larson odds, which is a great game. It's a hero mm -hmm. shooter. And then um, I'm the, basically, I do most of the stuff. We have some good mods in Echo Games Discord, mm -hmm. but I love really interacting with the players there. So most of the other mods just let me do my thing. And right. um, then, so I do some Facebook groups mm -hmm. and yeah, they're slightly different. So like on Facebook, it's really funny because I get the, um, the adults, the older adults are just adults by, let's say people who are 30 and older. Mm -hmm. And um, they come in the Facebook groups. They'll post their streams and talk about the games and stuff. Then on the Discord, as you know, it's largely a much younger population. Uh -huh. And so quite literally, like on the Echo Games Discord now, I can't remember. I think they're like four Hasco sons or whatever. Like they, they even go and try to rename themselves after me. It's really <laughs> very sweet, actually. Oh, but um, it's yeah. kind of funny because 
I do get the feeling sometimes or the sense that, um, you know, they just want somebody to respect them and to yeah. talk to them as if they are um, a human that deserves to be listened to. And mm. I just, I very much learned some good skills when I was a foster mom because yeah. a lot of those kids, it was the same sort of thing. Like nobody listened to them. Yeah. Yeah. So and I just listen to them and talk to them and, and, you know, it's a young population. It's, it's very much like babysitting sometimes, but I, I like the, the kids. I just really feel like for me, you know, everybody has potential and yeah. people have mm -hmm. talents and gifts and they haven't discovered them yet, especially if they're younger. And like, I can be this hard nosed, rude female moderator who goes in there and just tells them what to do all the time. Or I can be like, um, wow, I saw you posted a piece of artwork. That was really cool. Are you planning on using that in school? Are you going to pursue that? Or what are your interests? Or I heard you talking about Yellowstone National Park. Do you travel a lot? You know, is that mm -hmm. something you would like to do? So I think that you have a choice in how you interact with people. And I prefer to encourage them and help them see something positive about themselves versus, you know, making them feel bad. Yeah. I mean, that is a, a very healthy, loving and, and, uh, 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 I won't say uncommon. Um, but it's a, it's a very wonderful thing to bring into this community. Cause I, I think, yeah, if, if, if there was more love and connection and, you know, it sounds like, Oh, don't bring love into it. We're, we're shooting people in the face in games. Right. But no, but really people want the people want to, to, to be respected. They want to be heard. They want to be able to say, look at my artwork, look at my thing, look what I did. Yeah. You know, they want that. They want, they, because that's what they, they say, you know, I don't want that. Yes. Yes. We all do. We all want, we all want connection. We're human beings. The pandemic putting people in a box sucks. That's why we all love social VR. You talked about that magic moment in VR. Magic moment was the first time going, wow, reality. Second magic moment you meant you're a real person and you're in yeah. VR with me. That's cool. Yeah. That's magic. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit, uh, it, but uh, because you said you were running the AWE program. I'm going to be at AWE. Uh, I got invited as press, and I'm going to be there. It's going to be great. I'd love to uh, uh, hang out with you and say what's up. Um, so I'm super excited. I had Ori on the podcast. Um, <laughs> That's <so> great. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Um, but you said the head of programming. Can you talk me a little bit about what you do at AWE, what does the programming look at, look like, and all that stuff? Yeah, so I am in charge of all the speakers and the talks mm -hmm. um, for our live events and the online events at aw.live. So for the the event that we're having next week in mm -hmm. Santa Clara, California, June 1st through 3rd, mm -hmm. basically I came in in February mm -hmm. and I have curated around 400 speakers and 150 or so talks that mm -hmm. um, we will have in tracks and on the main stage and then we also have some special presentations of um like there's a nasa engineer who's coming to do a magic show and we have yeah. um, a group from the community meta meta traversal they're coming to do this play which is gonna be very cool and they're gonna use all sorts of different hardware and then yeah. we also have a little very mini short vr esports demo which i'm sure scott and chris talked to you about a little bit yeah. And they're going to do that on the main stage and cast. I haven't asked Rory yet. I'm going to check and see if he'll give me permission to be one of the players on that at the <laughs> very end. Because I just found out today that one of the players who we thought was going to be the, because it's just going to be 2v2. It's just a little yeah. demo of Echo. But some yeah. people there have never seen esports. So for them, that's still going to be exciting. And yeah. um, But one of the players had to cancel. So I need to see if he'll let me fill in. Oh, uh, <laughs> if you're just smoking some people on that stage that'd be so so fun it'd be so fun <laughs> yeah it's just gonna be like seven minutes but um they will be in the playground doing an esports demo on the playground for two days thursday and friday yeah. but yeah it's gonna be great and so basically that's what i'm in charge of all that it's great <laughs> i'm so excited i was actually there um i mean i've been i've been to uh, a bunch of years um the last before the pandemic i was there the, the, right before it shut down i actually brought my one of my old um a multiplayer games called Sweet Escape. Um, I was demoing it there with tactical haptics and all that fun stuff. Um, and so, uh, but this is like, when I was there before, there wasn't a lot of esports. It's very yeah. business, 
augmented enterprise from before. And now I've noticed this now it's ah XR, and now I'm seeing some of these esports themes coming in. And have you know have you noticed that the the popularity that this whole esports kind of gaming section is starting to bloom in the kind of the more of the business mainstream side of things, or is that is that kind of your doing of of bringing in <laughs> other stuff? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. willed into existence. Come on, I have to be humble there, right? But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the past, there yeah. has usually been um, a VRE sports panel or a talk mm. about VRE sports. And yeah. so I've been the person who's done that on most of the panels at um, this and also um, other, other XR conferences. Mm -hmm. And so, when I accepted this position, that was one of the things I asked about, well, would I be able to still keep doing that, even though I can't actually be on the panels now? And mm -hmm. so for this particular event, we have two VR esports panels and then another LBE panel, location-based entertainment panel, and it was like Hologate and stuff mm -hmm. and The Void mm -hmm. and then um, the playground activity and then the esports demo on stage. So I think I've I think I've done pretty well sneaking in there. <laughs> you need but, the fun though. It's entertaining. You know, I, yeah, by the way, I appreciate it. That got me excited. Like you got me, like I guess I, I, I was looking down the list cause I got, you know, got invited as press. So I'm going down the list. Okay. What's interesting. I was like, I was like, Oh, cool. I was like community, uh, these sports. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's some fun stuff. And so, yeah. I mean, I also like the other, I like the other tech. I like the fact that, you know, you, you I mean, there, it, it, all this technology, you know, um, people go, Oh, well, how are you going to use it? And then, but then enterprise finds a way to use it. I'm like, Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, Okay, that makes sense. But then now gaming, you know, this esports side is starting to find a thing. And, and I think it's so amazing um, to be able to bring those things together. Cause you're right. There are going to be some dudes um, in suits that are going to probably be a little bit older that, that their brains are going to blow by seeing like, Oh, wow, this isn't just a <laughs> like thing. And, you know, I remember like back in the day, you know, it's funny. Cause like, uh, I remember, you know, my mom telling me, don't play games. You got to do this. That's not, you know, what are you going to do? I remember, I remember hearing that, but then I've gone to like UCI where I was breaking, I did like a VR metaverse thingy for them over there. And they have like an esports center there where kids get full ride scholarships yeah. for esports yeah. games. And I was like, I was like, from my world to that world, that jump to where <laughs> now I'm waiting for that first full ride scholarships for a VR sports thing to come yeah. in. Something it's going to happen, right? Like see mom. See, I knew the games were going to pay off. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, I'll tell you real quick. I think one yeah. of the things that I wanted to do when I took this job, uh -huh. as a journalist, I had written mm -hmm. articles about a lot of areas of the XR industry. So yeah. mostly I focused on esports, VR uh -huh. esports, but I also wrote about, you know, I have um, uh, Ashley Cowder from Ventana or Daniel Robinson from Red Six, which is mm -hmm. doing contract work for the U.S. Air Force. There are some fantastic things that I had already been aware of and written articles about, like people all over the industry doing things in, in education, collaboration, training, healthcare, yeah. um, you know, enterprise. So what I wanted to do was I kind of felt like people in each of those areas mm -hmm. didn't necessarily know about the really cool things people in the other areas were doing. Yeah. So when I took this job, I wanted to make it my goal to um, have speakers who would give the technical talks and who would give those, you know, you've got some things that you really need to say, you should share the hardware, give the tech talks, the developer talks and that sort of thing. But also I wanted to try to bring in a different sort of group of speakers in addition to that that would help people relate on a more almost more like like a consumer area level where you just see it and you're interested you're immediately it it draws your attention like a commercial or where you say wow i didn't even know that I didn't yeah. know that existed or this is a cool thing so yeah. really that's what i've tried to do with this particular event and i think that it's gone really well and we have we're packed full the expo's full the Playgrounds full, the sessions are full. So I think it's going to be really exciting to see um, how that all comes together. And if people have that reaction as well, because I hope people from different areas of the industry will be able to collaborate, meet, be interested in, and just find these other cool things as fascinating as I do. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's all super fascinating. And, you know, you know, GDC, where we actually met, um, we met there, um, was like the first conference I got to go since the pandemic, everything. And it felt so good 
to yeah. see old friends and meet people. It feels like you're like, it felt like, a you know, going to a conference where you meet old friends is like going to the desert and finding an oasis, right? And you're like, oh, it's you. Hey, it's so good. You know, and I had a little bit of uncomfortability because I was at the Unity event and watched out the Unity event and, the, and my friends in this they said, oh, we're going to go to this uh, girls in gaming thing over here bought, bought by Blizzard. And I was like, oh, am I going to get kicked out? And I, wanna, <laughs> and I walked in the space and I'm like, hey, everybody. And, and everyone was super cool and super kind. Like, I, I didn't know if I was going to be like hated on or, you know, stuff. But it was very accepting and loving and met you there. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And um, but I loved, you know, going to the conferences because you can you get that whole crossover of people and stuff and magic and situations that that you can't get. And, and yeah, I'm sure it's going to happen more so in the metaverse or virtual lands or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, um, but one thing I love about these conferences is the ability to make connections with people that you would not normally meet because we normally yeah. operate in our bubbles, whether it's the same discord or they do have adult VR groups, by the way, I don't know if you know that there's adult. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's there. I don't know if it's over 50. It might be, um, but. Oh, gosh, uh, I don't hang out with people over 50. I'm just saying, <laughs> because we have very different interests. I'm just saying if there, were a, if there were an echo. Yeah, it's t I'm totally biased because they, they bore me to death. But, um, but all I said was if there was a competitive league and uh, echo yeah. for people over 50, because I know I would totally beat them. And that yeah. gives me pleasure to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my See, there god! You get to the crux of the matter, you know, like yeah, yeah you, just want, you, 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 competitiveness. you just want to beat the crap out of people. I get it. I respect yeah. it. Uh, that's wonderful. No, I love it. So, so let, let me ask you this: like, you put a lot, a lot of time into VR community building in terms of discords, in terms of being a program manager, in terms of this uh, uh, cross pollination of, the, of these programs and these simulations, the journalism, the researching all these cool groups and bringing them all together for you. Like, what is your holy grail with this whole VR community building thing? What is the thing that you're striving? You put all this energy toward. Is there is there a flag in the sand on top of a mountain that you're trying to achieve? That's a really good question. Probably, I would say. Let me think about that. I think maybe. I just like to see joy. And so like, if we can use this to bring people joy, whether it's through, like you say, you know, they're um, being able to train something more efficiently or mm -hmm. they're being able to go somewhere they otherwise couldn't, or they discover something about themselves or others that they otherwise wouldn't. And um, those things to me are all very important, but also just being able to do that and learn something about yourself and as a person have a greater sense of joy Mm -hmm. then um, I think that that would be the Holy Grail. I mean, if we're really, if people have more joy with themselves in their lives and come to accept, um, like, for example, I think we are seeing some of that in society where people are less, um, more accepting of different lifestyles or um, mm -hmm. whatever it may be, choices and stuff. You, there's just no reason for people to be fighting so much and so judgmental and harsh and, um, you know, so if we could use VR as a tool to bring people together, to get to share other perspectives and understand what good things it can be used for, and meanwhile, get to know one another better, then I think that we will have achieved something for humanity that nothing else to this point really has. Um, other technology is a good tool, but mm -hmm. as you and I have discussed, it's absolutely not the same as being in an environment where you if someone's there crying and that's a friend of yours and you care about them, you feel like you can go over and put your hand on their shoulder in VR. You could be on the other side of the continent, but you can do that and still show an empathy as a human that makes a huge difference. And so for me, I just think that um, okay. all those things are good. That's it's probably beautiful. not the best answer in the world, but um, yeah. I just, <laughs> don't don't I judge mean, yourself for that. Like, oh, come on. What's their yeah. self-acceptance? What happened it's to that? It's a big answer. <laughs> it's a big answer. I, I should think of one little concise answer. No, but, man, it was real. It was real. I'll, I'll take, I don't want any concise. I need, I, I, I want authentic. And that was authentic, right? Okay. Like the, the connection, the door, and you had it through the pain of, you felt disconnected in real life. You felt the joy of connection through VR. And then you want to give that gift of joy and connection to other people, right? And the joy yeah. of empathy and and having people feel heard and loved and connected—it's beautiful. Um, if that's the um, if that's the holy grail, what's the dragon? What's the big thing preventing that from happening? 
our trained habits that we already have in physical reality. So by that, what I mean is, for example, as we discussed, um, if I don't speak and I go into VR and I'm a great player and I use sign language or whatever method of connection or communication and we become friends and um, that's all fine. What if I then speak and you realize I'm a female, but you don't want to play with a female or a woman or an old woman, a 51 year old woman or a mm -hmm. Southern woman, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there are a lot of things. I think that our discriminatory behaviors, mm -hmm. trained behaviors that we're getting in physical reality, unfortunately mm -hmm. are coming over into um, immersive reality. Those things are being changed and we're working on that. And, but that would be the one thing I think we just have to watch out for. Just don't let that happen. You know, yeah. you really have to go in there and say, people are seeing these avatars and they are being able to make these sorts of changes because let, let me just say, and this is one thing I know we have to finish up soon, but yeah. for okay. example, I was playing the other day, I was playing a game mm -hmm. and I went in and um, I went to score a goal, like just a few seconds. I went down, it was like 15 seconds and I went to score a goal and I huh? missed because I play seated when I, it was straight down below me. And when uh, I threw the disc down, I hit my chair. chair. So my controller snapped on my chair and you could hear it. I was like, oh my gosh, that hurt. And so my teammate said, what happened? I said, I hit my chair with my controller. So I missed yeah. the goal. Yeah. So somebody on the other team was like, so just started making all these negative comments, making fun of me and stuff. And I was like, okay. So I came back out about another, normally it takes, you know, 40 seconds, whatever, 50 seconds to score a goal. And I went down and my teammates and I, I scored a goal. Long story short, I just scored and scored and scored until we mercied the other team. But everything I said, the I don't usually do that because yeah. I don't usually score. Yeah. I usually pass it and stuff. But yeah. no matter what I did or said, there was this player on the other team that first it was because I was seated. He was making fun of me. Then he heard I was a woman. He realized I was a woman. So he was insulting me. Then somebody asked on the team, they said, how old are you anyway? And I told them. Of course, that set him off completely. Like, why in the world would I even think that I should be in there playing a game when I should be in the kitchen making sandwiches for my children? And so, you know, they start saying all this stuff. And I think my team, to their credit, they were back there and they were like, hey, would you play with us again sometime? You're like really good. <laughs> so I share that story because yeah. I you have those different, totally separate perspectives there. They don't care. My team didn't care. I was a good player. I'm in there as an avatar, just playing the game. The other person on the other team could not get beyond the fact that I was female or old or seated or, or whatever, or I had an accent. He also was going ballistic because of my accent. And I'm like, you know, you can just mute me. And so um, there were just those kind of things. I think that we have to try is to, make sure people understand that um, we should try to be accepting of others. And I try to do the same thing. Like I don't care what age somebody is or where they're from or mm. what gender they are. I, I really don't care about anything. You know, if you're polite and respectful, let's play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell though, like that whatever that person was going through, right. It's probably because they don't get any love. Right. And so they're just passing that buck along to you. Right. And, or they're, uh, they're unhappy. Sometimes you can say that. And some people are just downright prejudiced. I mean, like a lot of, that's one thing too. This was not a young player. This was like, oh, a, really? this was like a, I don't know. My guess is based on his voice. He was probably 34 year old guy based on his voice and things he was saying. Wow. I have found, um, and so it's brutal. interesting, but an adult female, we mm -hmm. see a lot of issues with like 30 to 50 year old men. Hmm. Like, it's really weird. <laughs> that's uh it might be the old schoolness of what we grew up because i'm i'm right i'm right in that pocket um and we grew up with a lot of uh old habits that you're talking about that got brought into this thing and you know honestly though i mean my biases and things aside most people they just want to play with people that are good yeah. and cool if you're if you're cool and good or kind and good you yeah. know generally speaking minus these weird you're this you're 
uh, gender, color, skin, hair, yeah. personality, accent, it's whatever the thing is. Like it's, it's it's just it's just it's like just trying to grab something, just sling dirt. Um, yeah. That's you, I think you hit the nail on the head with that that being the problem. And I think I think it's beautiful put. And I love I love what you do, and I loved all the joy. I mean, when we first started the podcast, I asked you what makes this a win for you, and you're like, you have a great time with me. I was like, I'm gonna have a great time with you. We're gonna have a great time. Awesome. You know. And so I I love that's the intention because that that takes a lot of 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 I think a lot of the pain comes from me. What am I getting out of this? What is this from this? And if you're thinking about just the other person and just making it a good time for the other person, right? Then it becomes a lot more, you have a good time. We have a good time, right? Um, yeah, that's so. why actually that right there, I'll add in. That's why I normally don't score. Um, well, like I don't oh, usually yeah. try to score when I'm in a game because yeah. most people love to score. And yeah. so like when I'm playing Echo, for example, which is what I play most, mm. I love to get my teammates close to the goal and just tell them, you know, let's work, whatever. I love to get them close to the goal and then pass them the disc and then hear the joy in their voice when they score. I just feel like it's um, a wonderful thing. I get joy out of knowing that they're happy and they just love the fact that they scored. Yeah, so, um, you know, that is a good thing. I think it's if we can have, we can't always do that. Like I said, in, in that example, for example, I was just mm -hmm. trying to prove a point. But I do think that for the most part, if you can find ways to even small little things make people's life more, um, just even a moment of happiness, then it can, if we all did that every day, just once. And I tell the kids that on discord, sometimes I say, you know, today, why don't you just go do one good deed for somebody in your family or a friend, or why don't you say one encouraging comment to somebody and they'll do that. And then they'll come back and say, awesome. I did this today or whatever, you know, there's, it's always, there's more room for that in the world. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Man. That's why they go around and just, yeah, if, if everyone just did that, just kind of got the morning, just said one message of love to people. Hey, you know, how you doing? Mom, I love you. You know, hey, what's going on? You know, like it's, it was just, it, everybody would feel better. And um, I think it's beautiful. Um, so it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the on the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you and all that? Um, I am glad people tuned in. It was so very nice to meet you. I mm -hmm. am grateful to be at AWE. There's a fantastic team there and all our speakers that are coming. That's exciting. So the only thing really I would close with is I love being here and love this community. And if people need anything, they can feel free to reach out. I can't always answer right away or help, but um, I'm always up for a good game of echo or another VR game. And I'm happy to connect if anybody would like to reach out beautiful all right and how do they get a hold of you if they want to reach out probably the best way is usually just like twitter message it's at sonyahaskins.com or my email is sonyahaskins5 at gmail.com that's just my personal email and then if they look on social media i'm pretty easy to find on everywhere facebook and linkedin and stuff so awesome Awesome. Uh, you heard it. You know, uh, you can at Twitter messenger or, or Gmail message. So thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the show. It's an absolute pleasure and honor to have you on. I really appreciate your time and um, I'll see you on the other side. Thanks so much. Take care now. Bye. Bye, Dylan. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.